Now, the wealth protection diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. We are on the cusp of a major transformation in our relationships with our tools. Over the next decade, new smart machines will enter offices, factories, and homes in numbers we have never seen before. They will become integral to production, teaching, combat, medicine, security, and virtually every domain of our lives. As these machines replace humans in some tasks and augment them in others, their largest impact may be less obvious. Their very presence among us will force us to confront important questions. What are humans uniquely good at? What is our comparative advantage? And what is our place alongside these machines? We'll have to rethink the content of our work and our work processes in response. My guest, Dr. Tracy Weiland, is a prominent thought leader on the impact of technology on society, work, and careers. She's a visiting scholar at Stanford University's MediaX program and a former Silicon Valley executive who has held leadership positions at Apple, HP, Cisco Systems, and the Apollo Group. The author of 11 books, Dr. Tracy Weiland catalyzes new thinking among business leaders and employees. So welcome, Tracy. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, let's start by talking about how are these rapid changes in our society and technology going to or have already changed the workforce and employment? Well, I think first and foremost that, you know, people have to realize we've shifted from living and working in a classical world, which is what I grew up in, into a digital world. And that changes the nature of how we find jobs, how we approach work, what kinds of jobs and career shifts that we'll make. And it hits us on many levels. So one, you know, technology is immersed in our lives. You know, people, there's more um, devices than people today if you think about I iPads and phones. I mean, we're used to it, and we expect to use this, and we will continue to use this in our lives and in work. And as a result of that, our jobs have just become much more technical. In fact, some of the predictions by 2020, over 75% of the jobs will have a technology component, which means that we need to really embrace technology in every aspect of our lives. I'm in Reno, and you're in, you say, you know, mainly California. Well, I don't know if you know what's happening here. Tesla switch, all these big giant companies are landing here in our yard. And with that, the driver of looking at the school systems and our higher education and realizing that we don't have a prepared workforce. So on the good hand, on one side, it's great because they're forcing us to move into the 21st century. But on the other hand, it's like, what happens if we can't produce this workforce? So what are you seeing? Is it just in hot spots around the nation or is this global? 
Oh, no, this is global. I mean, every community is having an impact in some way of technology. I was just reviewing that, you know, this year autonomous cars will be breaking out in Singapore as taxis, in the trucking industry, in Britain, uh, here in the United States as Uber and Tesla, Apple, um, just to name a few, and Detroit. Detroit is completely changing. They're partnering with software companies and technology companies. Um, I'm basically today in Southern California, and the headlines is that, you know, Hollywood and Silicon Valley and technology are connected at the hip. So I think all of us have to realize that this is here to stay. It does create jobs. In fact, there was a an interesting study, uh, which I hope they replicate, on how many jobs does Apple Computer alone create in the economy, and they factored in 2012 was over 500,000 jobs just in the United States through Apple, through the app economy, through people who manufacture, deliver, service, and sell their products. Um, so, you know, it's a different level of opportunity for people, and I think for a lot of us, the shift we may have felt went very quickly because as time is fast, um, a lot of us, you know, we just don't grapple with it until we have to. So I think there's a lot of, it's just impacting all of us and the best thing we can do is grab onto it in our education systems, grab onto it personally, and also look into how we can expand our skills in our careers and work. Right. Well, but as this disruptive technology and, of course, all these shifts that are reshaping the workforce landscape, what is it, as I kind of said in my intro, what is it that humans are going to be doing as these robots nudge us out of the the rote production line? Where are we, besides just being able to punch in a computer, how are we going to evolve? So many of the jobs uh, will be created in the service space, right, in the creation space. So we have to start thinking about higher-level skills. If you look at um, something like you said, manufacturing, being, well, it was, it was really put offshore uh, for labor costs, and there were jobs that people didn't want to do. If you look at the trucking industry, uh, there's huge shortages in jobs there because people don't want to drive trucks. So here's where technology and automation step in, is they replace these tedious jobs that people just don't want to address personally because they want to have a larger skill set. But what's different today is that we need to expand our skill set if we set our eyes on only being a driver, well, the reality is is that we might be replaced. So can we be um, the supervisor, you know, of, of automatic, you know, autonomous cars? Um, can we be the service center? Um, I was in New York recently, and there is a hotel there called Yotel where they have uh, a robotic bellboy. And the story I was told behind it is that, you know, the bellboys are saying we're getting replaced by the robots. And the the article went on to say that, well, not, not exactly. Some of the bellboys actually rotated and volunteered to expand their skills and to move into other jobs in the hotel. And I think that's a reality for many of us is don't set your sight on just one job. But they said one bellboy actually went to the robotic manufacturer and said, I'm the best subject matter expert on robotics and bellboys. So I actually could be your director of operations and sell these robotic bellboys 
goes to other hotels. And so, you know, he, he actually achieved a higher level of income and opportunity for himself. So I think it's really upon us to say, am I going to say, I can't work here because I can only be a bellboy? Or am I going to take the opportunity by the horns and say, I, I need to expand my skill set? Or are we going to be, you know, have creative thinking and, you know, how can I be more entrepreneurial about this? This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest, Dr. Tracy Weiland. Talking about that, I mean, that was smart thinking. The gentleman that went to the robotic manufacturer and said, I am the subject matter expert. I think that's brilliant. And what I've been coming to understand, we do have to move into a higher skill set of thinkers, So this is what a lot of this is about. I don't have to sit here and punch the same unit over and over again, but I have to have better critical thinking skills. How is this being addressed in our society at the education level? Right. And so, you know, there are a higher level of skills. In fact, I speak often about 10. 10 different kinds of skills that we need to think about as an overlay. So you said critical thinking. Well, sense-making is what I call uber-critical thinking, which is we live in a data-enriched world. How do we make sense of the data? And I give a very simple story of how I went to Nordstrom, and I got a phone call from their customer service uh, who called me and said that they missed me. And I said, how could you miss me if you don't know me? And they said, well, actually, we do know you because we've been collecting data data on you for a number of years because you opted in to get your email, your receipts by email. And they said, we know a lot about you. You know, we know what departments you shop, we know what brands you buy, and we even think we know your favorite salesperson. And I said, you got to be crazy. And, you know, so of course that was a creepy phone call. So I called back. Nordstrom HR, and I said, what's going on? And they said, well, actually, it's all about data today. And we need to develop this skill. And they had interns who were data scientists who were trying to make sense of the data. They were doing it so that they had the right inventory on hand so that they could make sure that they met the customer service needs. Um, so it's, you know, it's, again, it's critical thinking, but how do, you, how do you adapt critical thinking in a data-enriched world? Now, to your point about the education system, a lot of schools are looking at computational thinking. How do I solve problems knowing that I'm going to be working with computers hand-in-hand? You know, how am I going to really formulate problems, you know, so that the computer and myself can together work on this as a team? And I think that's important for people to think through is, you know, don't assume that you're going to be working in isolation as a human. You will truly be working in your career side-by-side with databases, technology, robotics, you know, software in a lot of different ways, and we have to really embrace that. I want to pick up on this track that we're on and your drivers of how people can get prepared for this new workforce and workforce development and everything that's going on in our globe right now. So we'll be right back. This is Lisa Granahan with Douglas County Economic Vitality. This is Maya McKenzie from Adams Hub for Innovation. This is Matt Westfield from UNR Innovation Center and Entrepreneurs Assembly. Sherry Hill is awesome. Sherry Hill is engaged and passionate. Sherry Hill is the bomb. Thank Thank you, you, Sherry. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. 
For over two decades, we have taught thousands of business owners, real estate investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate, and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 775-786-5515 to set up a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry Hill if you want to experience peace of mind today. That's 775-786-5515. Call Sage International. So, you're thinking about buying investment real estate. Getting the right mortgage is a critical part of your decision. This is Lou Carr, branch manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be the best investment purchase you'll ever make. How do you go about it? First, get pre-approved with a mortgage lender like Summit Funding. Then, find the right property at the right price. Summit Funding is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit summitfunding.net slash L-C-A-R-R or call 775-626-0775 for personal service. This is Lou Carr from Summit Funding, NMLS number 258750. Thank you. Summit Funding is an equal housing lender. Welcome back. This is Sherry Hill with guest Dr. Tracy Weiland, who's a prominent thought leader on the impact of technology on society, work, and careers. She's a prolific author, national speaker, and does a lot of panel moderating at big conferences around the globe. We've been talking about future work skills because we have a lot of disruptive forces in our global economy. And in talking to Tracy, she's got some great ideas. The question I asked is, what are we doing in our education system to prepare these young people or even seasoned workers how to move into what is going to be required that employers are going to need and so on. So you were talking about certainly the data analysts and people who can read and understand data. Another thing that I've noticed is, and maybe this is one of your 10, collaboration or virtual collaboration because people can work with each other all over the the world. So let's talk a little bit more about some of the other things that you think people need to be thinking about today. Sure. So just on that note of virtual collaboration, that is that is a skill, and that's going to be and will continue to be a requirement in the workforce. So where it used to be the individual contributor, you know, the person who could save the day and get bonus for it in the workforce has been quickly replaced by high-performing teams. And the teams are not just in, in one location. These teams are spread out across the United States and globally. So the whole skill of having the ability to lead a team uh, both locally and virtually and globally is is a key skill today. And I think people need to understand that it isn't just about the individual performance anymore. That's important, but you also need to be able to lead a team to success. 
in terms of the workforce, I do want to talk about that because people are have been in their jobs. They've been, you know, nose down, and the world may have been passing them by very quickly. So what can you do in the workforce today? Well, number one is I would keep a watch on what technologies are impacting your functional area. So, for example, I used to work in manufacturing, and I could see that robotics and 3D printing were two of the technologies that were emerging, and I wanted to learn about it. And so how do you learn about it? Well, you can join cross-functional teams. You can talk to vendors because they will always take the time to educate you. You can learn and read about it now anywhere because, thank goodness, we have YouTube and tutorials and the pervasive information online. And you can also sit down and talk to your manager and say, you know, I need to make a move. Maybe it's a lateral move, uh, but I need to really develop my technology skills. And so there's a lot of things that we can just do while we're working in the workforce. A lot of companies today offer education, you know, training opportunities for people if, if they want to take it. A lot of companies will fund tuition reimbursement for certifications or classes. The difference today is that it's really up to you, and that's a big shift that's happened in the workforce. In the classical world, we would graduate with our liberal arts degree. We would only go and get one degree and have one job for life because the company would just take care of us. They would train us, they would promote us, and they would retire us, hopefully back then with a pension, and today it's completely different. We must approach it much more like an entrepreneur. We have to plot our own paths. We also have to realize that you're living longer. You're living probably to 100, which means realistically you're going to be working potentially for 50 to 70 years, and some of us even 80 years. And so we have to take that approach in everything that we do, and technology will continue to change as we get older and we have to figure out how are we going to embrace it and move ahead with it. I'm in a full service-based business. I mean, it's still human-to-human contact. I form companies for people. I do it in all 50 states. So the entry point is I always have to have a conversation with someone. I mean, I understand in manufacturing and all of that, a lot of this new technology is coming in. But in my world, other than computer and a cell phone, there isn't a lot of change going on in true service based businesses that are, well, I work with entrepreneurs. I see what they're doing, but how are you helping people like me start to think differently or really prepare for a future as well? Well, if we look at consumer, let's just look at consumer to consumer service businesses and how they've changed. Number one is, you know, you have this whole social media aspect of it. Um, You know, restaurants, you know, are getting graded on the crowd, um, on their food, on their service. They can either attract more business because of high ratings or they can lose business as a result of that. So the consumer through technology and social media now has a voice. A second area is like on-demand services. Um, These are like Uber. This is like you might be getting Google Express or Instacart, Amazon, right? So a lot of these services that used to be brick and mortar and reliant on face-to-face are now I can just use an app. And so a lot of service industries are looking at apps. They're looking at how to market differently. It isn't just making phone calls to people, but they can actually use social media to really build their brand and expand their business. 
and even financial systems. Um, if you're buying a house um, or an entrepreneur, all the all the documentation can be expedited pretty much online today, and so you can become much more efficient. I think in our own businesses as entrepreneurs, you know, this is new for a lot of people as well because in my day you couldn't be an entrepreneur. But it was only people who had a lot of money or could get funding. But today you can start a business on eBay, Etsy, Zazzle. I mean, you basically can be one person and take you know, global currency using PayPal. So those shifts is really saying, okay, what are the apps or what is, how can I streamline and make my business more efficient? Are there new technologies that I can use? And I think that's up to each of us to try to figure that out. What, what's available to us? What can, you know, what can we use to help really boost and market our business? This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to the Sherry Hill Show with guest, Dr. Tracy Weiland who's a prominent thought leader on the impact of technology on society, work, and careers. And so, Tracy, as you were talking about that, I mean, it's true. It's streamlining a lot of the systems so you're more efficient, more connected socially. But what has helped me gain traction is the use of some of this technology through radio and television to really position myself as the expert. And just like you have, this is a way people, when we talk about some of the skill sets coming that you really need to be developing, it's that higher level of thinking. It's that innovation and creativity. And I imagine there's a lot of people that are feeling a little bit left behind. Yes, and I think that's a factor of very rapid change and perhaps people not really being aware of the changes or not, not thinking it would impact them. Um, you know, to your point, building a personal brand has become pretty important, not only for the entrepreneur, but also for someone in the workforce. Um, you know, I ask executives when I talk to them, you know, if you didn't have that VP title, um, would people follow you? You know, are, you know, is your brand strong enough as a leader that without a title, people would follow you? Or I ask employees, you know, if, if we could self-select people to be on our teams, and some companies are doing this, would you be selected? Or is your brand strong enough that you would be the preferred choice? Or is it weak that you would be, you know, the person that we don't want on your team? So people need to think about their personal brand. From the entrepreneur side, I think it's, it's, it's a blessing that we have the technology to help us build our brands. I encourage students to be thoughtful about how they use Twitter and Facebook. They can use it as a social platform to show their weekend activities, or they could use it as a way to really build a brand for employment. So, for example, if they're interested in being, you know, in a financial function, they can retweet financial, you know, really interesting financial findings and articles, and then people start to think about them as a financial, you know, person or a go-to person. You know, are they blogging? Are they using podcasts to really build their, their brand as, as a financial expert? Or to your point, are they getting, you know, opportunities to interview on the radio or TV and bring up, you know, you know bring forward their expertise? So I think there's a lot of excitement for entrepreneurs 
benefits today. One, you can be an entrepreneur, but two is you can use a lot of these incredible channels. I call them communication channels of distribution to help you build your brand. You don't have to rely on anyone else to do it for you, but you do need to take that step. The point is use technology to allow you more freedom to concentrate on what is going to help you build that personal brand. So as you mentioned, the opportunities to develop trainings and courses and speaking and all those really important facets of your business or your industry that is going to put you as an additional thought leader. I'm going to pick up with Tracy Weiland. I want to talk about the fact that we are increasing our lifespan and how that is going to affect our careers and certainly the workplace and the workforce as we go forward. We'll be right back. This is Marika Barron, Executive Director at Down Syndrome Network of Northern Nevada. This is Christine Riggi, a parent volunteer at the Down Syndrome Network of Northern Nevada. You are listening to the Sherry Hill Radio Show, right here on 99.1 FM Talk. Thank you, Sherry. Sage International Incorporated is proud to be celebrating 23 years in business. We believe if you know the way, you must light it for others. Owning a business can be hard, demanding, and even bizarre. At Sage International, our passion centers on education, which is based on our own experiences of building a company from scratch, along with the insights gained from the thousands of clients we have served. If you are a business owner, real estate investor, professional or entrepreneur, and not sure how to properly structure your business and personal assets to safely grow, protect, and leverage your hard-earned wealth from the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and estate taxes, then call Sage International Incorporated at 775-786-5515 to schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry Hill today. That's 775-786-5515. Call Sage International. SunTech Solar Screening adds elegance, comfort, and privacy to your home. 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screening combines expert craftsmanship, attention to detail, and state-of-the-art materials to deliver a precision fit of heat-repellent technology. SunTech Solar Screening adds comfort and style to your home all summer long. for a free estimate and you'll feel the difference immediately just by holding up the SunTech solar screen. Don't suffer any longer as temperatures soar into the 90s and 100s. 3529396. Senior citizen and military discounts. SunTech solar screens pay for themselves with lower cooling costs all summer long. Make shade while the sun shines. Call SunTech solar screening for a free estimate. 3529396. SunTech solar screening. If you have comments about today's show or any questions, please email sherry at sherryhillshow.com. It's estimated that by 2025, the number of Americans over 60 will increase by 70%. Over the next decade, we'll see the challenge of an aging population come to the fore. New perceptions of what it means to age, as well as the emerging possibilities for realistic, healthy life extension, will begin to take hold. So individuals will need to rearrange their approach to their careers, family life, and education to accommodate this demographic shift. 
Increasingly, people will work long past 65 in order to have adequate resources for retirement. Multiple careers will be commonplace, and lifelong learning to prepare for occupational change will see major growth. My guest, Dr. Tracy Weilen, is a prominent thought leader on the impact of technology on society, work, and careers. She's written many books. She's been on many radio and television shows being interviewed, and it's really quite fascinating Tracy, as you know, to see this rapid change within our society, but yet we have this massive population of people who, as we were talking about in the break, sometimes it just, it seems we're tired. (laughs) Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So, you know, when I give a, a talk, one of the areas I talk about is this concept of extreme longevity. The fact that we will likely live to 100, many of us today, which for a lot of people is very daunting thought. And so in one of my research studies, I went out to over 200 leaders and asked them, what does it mean to you if I say you're going to live to 100? And most people, you know, were sort of the blank stare, like they just couldn't comprehend it. But one Once they could grapple with it, because they could know, they already knew that people in their family were living into their 80s and 90s, and many even had relatives living into their 100s, they knew that it was a reality. And so they sat back and they said to me, you know, Tracy, most of them said to me, if I'm going to live to 100, I'm going to have to afford to live to 100. And if I'm going to need to afford to live to 100, that means I might have to work until I'm 80. And that was the aha moment. Because they said, you know, I started working when I was 20, and now I have to work until I'm 80. That's 60 years, and I didn't plan for that. I planned that I was going to work for maybe 30 years or 35 years, and then I was going to retire and be taken care of. So once they started, you know, you could see the, the wheels turning now. So they go, okay, so now if I have to work 60 years, I have to stay healthy enough to work 60 years. I have to stay educated enough to work 60 years. I have to stay, you know, technology savvy enough to work 60 years. And, oh my goodness, firms don't even last that long anymore, right? So the reality is, is many of us will have many, many jobs. So I looked into the Bureau of Labor Statistics to say, well, how many jobs are people realistically having? And what I found is that baby boomers today were having, on average, like 12 12 to 15 different jobs over their period of life. But when it came down to trying to project for the younger generations, which is the Generation X, the Generation Y, and even the Z, they really couldn't project because it wasn't about jobs anymore. It's like people would probably have multiple careers, you know, 10 years somewhere, 5 years somewhere, 20 years somewhere. And so the landscape has rapidly changed. And so a lot of us really have to look at that and say, how am I going to make a plan? And so in order to do that, I wrote a blog. I called it, Is It Time for a Career Selfie? And the reason I wrote the career selfie is because Google published the statistic that people were taking 93 million selfies a day on the Android. And I couldn't believe it, not even counting the iPhone, but just on the Android. And I said, I wonder how much time people are actually spending on their own personal career planning. And I couldn't find a statistic. In fact, I found one, that college students one year out of school who couldn't find a job were spending about an hour and a half a year. That was it on their career planning, but they were spending 2,800 hours sleeping. 
So then I continued to look, and I looked at adults. Where were adults putting their time? Well, it wasn't in career planning. They were buying cars, planning weddings, going out, watching sports, you know, doing anything and everything but planning their career. But the reality is, as it comes down to, is we're living longer. We need to afford to be able to do that, and so now we need to start planning our career or take a career selfie. Yes. A picture of ourselves and focus on it. Well, that's interesting because, you know, every uh, season a, a book shows up from the college here, the university for, you know, senior uh opportunities to go take classes right and honest to goodness i open the magazine and besides the typical you know learn how to uh, use a computer they had like the history of underwear that was a class and i thought wow you know as we're talking here and you're realizing that a lot of people are going to have to be continuing their education at a much more rapid pace with more technology more creative thinking why is the education system producing the history of underwear as a class now i thought maybe to take it just because my gosh why how weird right but um anyway so so do you see that other people are thinking about the fact that our seniors um i mean i'm gonna put myself in that that line up there not too far from now that we're not being really taught to. I think, you know, just to the point of the university and the classes, um, you know, the university is sort of stuck in an era, you know, teaching to teach people to be teachers, you know. But today, in reality, 18 to 34-year-olds would rather be watching a tutorial on YouTube, and there's many of them, and I actually think it's an excellent learning vehicle where you can actually learn current things. So we've shifted from that very flat world of textbooks to a more digital world, and that's one of the skills is really multimedia literacy, being able to grasp the idea of watching tutorials, engaging with media. So what can you do? Well, you know, I plugged myself right into Apple Computer and Microsoft stores. Um, They're very accessible both in Northern and Southern California. I'm sure they're near a lot of people. They actually have free classes. I had a one-on-one weekly tutorial at Microsoft for $99 a year, and they supplied me with books and water and, you know, one-on-one time to make sure that I understood all of the applications and how they worked and how to use it. You know, I'm a big fan of a lot of these open universities now. You know, there's a lot of consortias uh, out there that are offering free classes and much more current classes um, on technology, Um, and it's accessible globally. And that's what, to me, is very interesting is now you can learn in other places than the traditional college, you know, down the road. And in fact, many colleges are also getting into online distribution of their courses. So the classes that will resonate, you know, will be the ones that people will say, yes, I'm going to take that because I'm going to gain a skill that I can use to stay employed. There will be other colleges and universities that will be left behind because they have not made the transition or don't want to or don't need to because the community is very happy with their offerings. Um, So I think it just depends on each of us to really say, how are we going to continue to learn and what resources are out there? And lucky for us, a lot of it is, is free. Also, you know, looking at when we talk about opportunity and the aging population having to continue to work and 
until they're 80 that you know you, you you always look at where is that problem and so as an entrepreneur there's a tremendous amount of opportunity to tap into that that marketplace so that's one of the the hiring trends you looked at for this year and a prediction is that the the seniors are something that are going to need a lot of support yes and you know every year i come out with you know eight to ten hiring predictions you know where where do i see um, you know, the opportunities, you know, if I'm going to look into the future. And I think that healthcare and baby boomers and entrepreneurs and franchising, all of these areas are very healthy options um, because we are living longer. You know, we, the segment, the baby boomer segment will need services, um, whether it's healthcare services, um, a lot of, you know, on these on-demand services are fantastic. I mean, Uber just did an integration so that if you're at home, and you need to get to a doctor, you can have a grand pad, for example, and push a button and be able to get to a doctor. Um, so you don't have to be homebound and you can, you know, age gracefully at home. All of these food services, you can have on-demand food brought to your home. You can have on-demand doctors, on-demand nurses, you know, on-demand, you know, anything, plus, you know, the wearable technology. You can monitor yourself while, while you know, aging gracefully at home. So it's about thinking of these different services. I just talked to a number of franchise groups that have been developed um, on the care of senior citizens or aging citizens because most people would prefer to bring services in home and not leave their house than go out. But there's other things. Travel. You know, boomers are one of the largest, you know, traveling sectors in our economy. So now we need tourism services to really service this group. You know, how how are we going to take them on tours or cruises? You know, so what what kind of different services can be developed um, to really address the needs of our aging population, which is, you know, our boomers, which are, what, 54, 55 and up, um, and older, and even, our, you know, our silent generation, which is living longer as well. Tracy, when we come back, I want to move further into the future because I have some curiosity around this trend of artificial intelligence. We'll be right back. But first, we're going to hear from my friend Rocket Tom, someone who helps me think outside the globe. Welcome to Think Outside the Globe with Rocket Tom Terramina. This is Mission Debriefing FB105 called Stupid Proofing. The mission objective was to represent the family of a victim of a fatal house fire. The mission, the mission profile. profile. An elderly gentleman was smoking in bed while using an oxygen concentrator. The lit cigarette managed to contact the oxygen flow, causing fire to blow back to the oxygen concentrator. An explosion and fatal fire resulted. The flight. Now, cigarette smoking is one of the leading causes of disease and death. The victim in this case had emphysema from a lifetime of smoking that required him to be on oxygen nearly full time. Obviously, this entire scenario of smoking in bed while using oxygen meets the dictionary definition of stupid that's characterized by proceeding from mental dullness, foolishness, and senselessness. Houston, Houston we have, we a, have problem. a problem. The family of the victim sued the manufacturer and distributor of the oxygen concentrator for negligence. 
On the face of the evidence, the victim clearly misused the equipment, leading to his own death. The outcome of the case was reversed, however, when it was discovered that there was a $2 check valve that was available and could have been installed on the equipment that would have prevented the fire from ever reaching the oxygen concentrator. The manufacturer and distributor were also abundantly aware that some of their patients who had a need for pure oxygen also continued to smoke. This knowledge was a foreseeable risk that should have been the subject of training and warning to all of their patients. The victim's family received a sizable cash settlement. Think, Think outside, outside the, globe. the globe. Have you ever considered attempting to discover all of the ways your customers can use your products inappropriately? The legal definition of your responsibility is appropriate duty of care. That includes not just ensuring the products you manufacture or distribute are safe for intended use, but you have foreseen and warned users about the results of misuse of the products. Also, you must take deliberate care to ensure that your products meet all codes and standards and have been appropriately tested for compliance. The missing safety check in most organizations is performing stupid proofing exercises to discover every plausible misuse of the product and take precautions to ensure inappropriate use does not cause harm. Extreme due diligence on your part may keep you from a devastating lawsuit at the worst and at the best will virtually eliminate warranty and customer service issues. For more thinking outside the globe, visit me at rocketom.com. This is Dr. Tracy Weil, and you're listening to the Sherry Hill Radio Show right here on 99.1 FM Talk. Sherry Hill is the wealth protection diva. Sherry Hill is a dynamite host, and I am thrilled to be on her show. Thank you, Sherry. Sage International Incorporated is proud to be celebrating 23 years in business. We believe if you know the way, you must light it for others. Owning a business can be hard, demanding, and even bizarre. At Sage International, our passion centers on education, which is based on our own experiences of building a company from scratch, along with the insights gained from the thousands of clients we have served. If you are a business owner, real estate investor, professional or entrepreneur, and not sure how to properly structure your business and personal assets to safely grow, protect, and leverage your hard-earned wealth from the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate, and estate taxes, then call Sage International Incorporated at 775-786-5515 to schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry Hill today. That's 775-786-5515. Call Sage International. If you missed any part of today's show and would like to listen to the podcast, please visit SherryHillShow.com. This is Sherry Hill and having a great conversation with Dr. Tracy Weiland, who's a prominent thought leader on the impact of technology on society, work, and careers. She spends a lot of time speaking at conferences for large corporations, large organizations to make sure they understand what is trending and what is going on and the requirement for future work skills and so on. Last segment, we were talking about the fact that, you know, we have an aging population, but reality check, most of us are going to have to be working until we're 80. 
So there's great opportunities to tap into um, the aging population if you want to become an entrepreneur, offer services, and so on. But now I also want to make sure that we talk about this other track, which is also related to uh, Tracy's hiring trends and predictions for 2016, which is security. Right. So one of the predictions that we didn't have in the past, if you think about it, um, you know, other than, you know, wars, which is serious employer, you know, the military, um, security, you know, and I think that security is a safe bet for a lot of people looking for what's the next trend, whether it is physical security and protection, right? Just think about a lot of our schools, uh, large crowds, right? We have, we're living in a new landscape with terrorism. We need people who can actually uh, be counter-terrorists, right? Um, And so, you know, this is a new area, undercover agents, forensic data analysts, cryptographics, bomb detectors. I mean, these are things we never thought of, but also cybersecurity. If you think about the data that we talked about, well, we need ethical hackers. And this is one of the areas that the government feels that, you know, the cybersecurity expert jobs will grow 12 times faster faster than the overall job market because everyone is at risk now that we have our data online. So what I encourage people to do, if you're looking for jobs or careers of the next wave, is one, read read the papers, listen to the radio, watch TV. When something is in the news a lot, like security, then you know that it's, you know, Unfortunately, it's a sad thing, but behind that, there's going to be a lot of jobs created. And you can almost tell where the next steps or the opportunities are in jobs just by keeping in touch with the media and understanding what's going on around you. So I think, yes, that sadly, security may be um, a very safe bet in a number of areas on the low end. Um, you can, you know, for physical security, on the high end, if you're, you know, computer literate and and expert and then in the middle is you know all kinds of jobs in in terrorist counterterrorism yes absolutely well another kind of interesting trendy technology of course is artificial intelligence and sometimes you know when you're talking to a, a human and sometimes you don't and that's how good this is becoming but as someone that, you know, we, we grew up in with the movies where the machines take over the world, since you're, you know, your world is really about this future work skills and, and what's going on. What are your, what's your personal feeling on artificial intelligence? Sure. So I've been tracking Watson, and Watson is uh, is really um, artificial intelligence. Started off as a supercomputer developed by IBM out in the Bay Bay Area, and now it's in the cloud, and it's artificial intelligence. And Watson, a lot of people may remember, was on TV because Watson would play Jeopardy against real people, and all Watson was doing at that time was digesting. Right? Just imagine reading thousands and thousands of books, and it digested all the questions and all the answers. 
And if you think about it, it's impossible to beat a computer when it has that leg up on you, right? Because it has all that information which humanly you can't do in a short amount of time. So Watson, right, so IBM said this is this is really valuable. But instead of playing games, you know, what could we do with this artificial intelligence that would have meaning for the world? And actually, Watson went on tour. Um, Watson um, now helps the Cleveland Clinic with prescriptions because they found that if a baby Watson, just imagine kind of rolling around with you or on your pad, knows every prescription possible for every symptom, Watson could probably be more accurate than a doctor trying to figure out what prescription to be precise. But in addition, they took Watson even further to try to cure cancer. So if you imagine this whole like digesting thousands of books, what if Watson could digest and is digesting actually thousands of prescriptions, documentation, even, you know, um, controversial treatments all about cancer in the hope that we can resolve cancer so much sooner than humanly possible. Watson is now being used to um, look at environmental, you know, issues, you know, big, big things, you know, that requires so much data collection that we would not be able to do in our lifetime. Space engagement, um, you know, so to me, artificial intelligence is this incredible opportunity, which is why computational thinking is a very important skill, is how can I use some of these technologies to solve larger problems, serious issues, sooner than humanly possible? And then that's where I think artificial intelligence is really, you know, an opportunity for us. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Dr. Tracy Weiland. And, you know, it's, it is fascinating when you paint that picture like that. However, in, we're still in a lot of the, the baby steps with artificial intelligence. And again, the mindset out there is, oh, here's another way that they're going to replace humans with machines, right? And you're saying you got to think much bigger than that to go, we have the ability to solve problems or learn more at a capacity that we as humans could never have done at this point in time. That's right. You know, so technology is, it can create jobs, it can displace jobs, and it can replace jobs. But the opportunity is really for us to make that decision, just like the bellboy did uh, that we talked about in your first segment. The choice is really to us. Technology is not going to stop. It's not going to go away. It is going to create a lot of opportunities. Um, You know, as we talked about in your earlier segment, you know, Apple Computer alone, you know, has created so many jobs. Google, you know, a a lot of these jobs, Facebook, Twitter, you know, um, Tesla, you know, these are jobs that didn't exist in the past and will help us move forward. And it's really up to us to start aligning with the direction of where the future is, or at least being able to start develop the skills so that we can get involved with some of these newer technologies and trends. Reno is one of the seven sites chosen in the nation to test drones. And, of course, now we have a lot of people around us here that are service providers or support through that particular industry. So that's fascinating. Let's talk about, like, the blue-collar people, the guy that's still swinging the hammer. What should they be thinking about? (laughs) Well, 
you know, interesting enough, um, one of the findings I had while I was doing the research for, for, for you know, the predictions for this year was that blue collar was a, a big area of opportunity because so many people had sort of jumped on the bandwagon that they have to be computer, right, skilled and all this. But there was a gap and the gap was in, as I mentioned earlier, truck drivers, electricians, um, you know, people who construct things, plumbers. Um, so I would say, you know, and in fact, some of these schools were encouraging millennials that while they were waiting to get a job or find a job, pick up a skill so that you can always have, you know, be employed employed for life. And so that blue-collar workers actually might be in demand again and are in demand again. And you think about it, how hard is it today to find a plumber or a carpenter or someone to fix something? Um, but in addition, as a blue-collar, there was a show I love, Blue Collar Millionaire. It's the Everybody loves Shark Tank. There's another show called Blue Collar Millionaire. And it was all about people who solved problems. And there was one woman there, right? It's got junk, right? Just solving problems um, because people have junk and people need to have people remove their junk. And that is an incredible franchise. I think it was started out of Canada. But the woman in the Bay Area is a multimillionaire because she brought it into the, fr- the Bay Area as a franchise. Um, you know, it's being able to think differently on how to solve some of the problems. Um, you know, being able to, I met a young man and, you know, his mother told him he was in college and he didn't want to stay in college. Uh, he said, I'm just not cut out for it. But his mother kind of set this expectation for him that he had to make, he had to be a lawyer or at least make the salary of a lawyer. And he said, you know what, I'm a really good plumber, but the plumbers don't make the same money as as the lawyer. So he went out and looked for what could he do with that, and he found a program for underwater plumbing, because underwater plumbers make a lot of money, because it takes two sets of skills, plumbing and the ability to scuba dive and stay underwater comfortably for a long period of time. Well, he happened to be a scuba diver and a plumber, and he said, that's what I'm going to do, and I'm actually going to make more money than a lawyer. So I think it's being able to create, one, explore, see what's out there, whoever thought, but if you think about it, there's tons of pipelines underwater. There'll be a whole one-day hospitality business underwater. There's electrical wires underwater. There's a lot of infrastructure underwater that need to have underwater plumbers, electricians, or whatever kind of blue-collar opportunities or skilled workers. I wouldn't say blue-collar, it's just the skilled workforce. It's almost shifted now to a gray collar where you need to have not only the, the skill but also have some savvy about how to technology integrate your skill into the digital world. So it's quite fascinating. I think there's a, there is a lot of opportunity for people in blue-collar work. Tracy, it's been wonderful, and I would highly recommend people go out and Google you, Dr. Tracy, that's T-R-A-C-E-Y, and her last name, W-I-L-E-N. You'll land on her website. You'll see all the books she's written. Of course, she's been interviewed on a lot of shows. I really appreciate that you uh, reached out and we could interview and learn more about each other. I think it's fascinating, the work that you're doing, and certainly the research, and then your ability to deliver it back out so that all of us become bigger thinkers. So thank you. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate being on your show. All right, everyone. We will pick it up next week.
The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show and tune in next week, same time, same station for The Sherry Hill Show. Hi, this is Peter Padilla, your host at Nevada Real Estate Radio. Our radio show has been on the air for 11 years, and you can listen to all of the podcasts at NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. When you listen to the expert guests that come to talk with us, you'll be better informed, wiser, and ready to go when you want to pull the trigger on a real estate transaction. Buying or selling, it doesn't matter. You need the advice from NevadaRealEstateRadio.com.